Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mary Ann is here today with her 18-month-old son, Simon, for his well-child visit. He's developing well and meeting all his milestones. When you enter the room, you notice Simon is sitting on his mom's lap, and they're looking together at an electronic tablet. Simon is attentively touching the screen. Sounds are responding to his touch, and he's very focused. Marianne tells you he loves the tablet. She tells you that she has a subscription to children's books and reads them to him every night. My mother keeps buying him regular old books, and I keep telling her that he prefers the tablet ones so much better. He'll spend hours on the tablet. I think it's helping him learn to read. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today to discuss the role of e-readers and children's development is Susan Feeney, Assistant Professor and Coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Tract at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Susan, thanks so much for helping us learn about (laughs) e-readers and children. My pleasure. So um, talk a little bit about why it's important to read to children. Well, so it turns out it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing when parents or adults read with kids. And what we know about it is it really does promote expressive language and engagement, and it does seem to have an impact on lifelong literacy. Um, And there appears when you read a a print book, um, there is more what we call dialogic type of reading, which means there's questions and comments by the adult to the child and and getting those responses back, uh, sort of digging deeper into the material. And that really does seem to help with um, social development, emotional development, and brain development. So reading books are a good thing. Yes. So what about reading e-books? What's the data say about, uh, is an e-book as good or even better than well, a regular old print book? The preliminary data uh, prior to the uh, study we're going to talk about did show that there was, there did seem to be a difference when they looked at preschoolers and kindergartners when they read a e-book. Um, and there's many different variations of ebooks, but what they found was the kids had less narrative detail. When they asked them about the story, they couldn't really recall, they didn't have the accuracy. Um, they seemed to have, um, because they didn't seem to have the interaction with the parents, some of that deeper learning wasn't there. So the ebook didn't promote that interaction, that dialogic reading, as much as plain old books. Right, and, the, and the, basically the embedding of the, of the narrative. You know, they didn't seem to retain the story. Wow! So yeah. very interesting. So the I would have thought the ebook with its all its sounds and movements would have been uh, would have been even better. Well, what they're saying is is that that really is a distraction, and so it interrupts the child's. This is what they're hypothesizing that it interrupts the deposition and the the development of the brain. That they get more focus on the technology and the sounds than the actual story and the uh, the development of the um, thinking and emotional attachment. Um, it sounds like this study is pointing us in the direction that says um, 
electronic tools in general may have a, a, an altering effect in how we comprehend and use information. Right, especially in the toddler. Because, you know, you think about a toddler, they are, that's intense language and social development. And they're, when they've looked at previous studies, they've found that there is something that happens with the engagement of an adult with the child when they're reading that helps them uh, embed the story and develop they don't use the term critical thinking, but those kinds of uh, those kinds of functions, which they don't see w when they have digital media, that seems more difficult. And whether it's um, even though it seems like it's a more active thing to be using of digital uh, media, that um, it, it it's, uh, turns out to be probably a little more passive. And they're not they're getting distracted by the bells and whistles and the dings and the dongs. So they were showing that, you know, like if you had a book and uh, and it says there's cows, and it, you know on the on the ebook you you touch the cow and it says moo. Well, you would think that that would be embedded, but it actually seems that when the parent says, "What does a cow say?" moo, that that actually helps with the development better. So this study looked at three types of tools. One's a traditional book, one's just a electronic version of a traditional book, and one's the enhanced one. Correct. How did the enhanced book compare to just the digital form of the? Of, of the regular book? The, the kids really had um, much less recall and, and narrative recall of the book, and there didn't appear to be active learning in that. Uh, the most, the, the best outcome was with the, was, was, was with the print media. Mm -hmm. And what they also found was the, there's two things that parents or, or adult does when they read with a child is they, it's called elaboration and scaffolding. So elaboration is the, um, what does the cow say? You know, tell me more about it. And the scaffolding is, you know, oh, remember when we went to the zoo? What did we see there? Sort of building on previous learned, which doesn't happen even in the in the non-enhanced ebook. It seems people team that what they found is the parents were more, as well as the kids, much more focused on the technology than on the story and the the engagement of what the story meant. I, I think it's really fascinating because the you would think. This study in particular looks at the influence of electronic books on children, but it's actually also influencing us. Absolutely. That was sort of the take home for me is the parents who were very engaged um, behaved similarly to the child, that they were both sort of focused on the technology, which was a huge distraction in the interaction between the kids. So I, it was very fascinating. And they said that the elaboration and that scaffolding, which seems to be really crucial to development, to the, the brain development and the social development of the child, was, was much less with the ebook. I'm really appreciative of this study. My wife is a reading specialist at a local elementary school, and she had to teach me how to read books to my daughter. It wasn't something that I realized I had to be part of the interactive piece. When ebooks came out, I thought, oh, this is terrific. Right. The reality of the matter is it looks like there's data that shows the old-fashioned way actually works best. Right, and, and so what they, what they recommend here, because this study looked at 36 parent-child pairs, but what they came out with was um, maybe e-books shouldn't be avoided, but if you are going to use an e-book, use it with the elaboration the scaffolding and avoid the more enhanced because it just distracts the child. And um, that reading a real book... Um, is is really beneficial. But along that line, this week the World Health Organization just came out with guidelines that basically says uh, no electronic media under the age of one year. 
So no phones, no TV, and they link it not so much for brain development, but to sedentary. They want kids to be involved. And then from, from up to age four, to limit it to one hour, which is a little similar to the American Academy. They're not quite as, as harsh, but they really, they actually say limit screen time. The American Academy of Pediatrics says limit screen time for 18 months and younger to less than one hour. And again, for brain development and for um, social interaction, and then also for, to promote activity and get them off of their pads. All right, so now the big challenge is what are we going to talk to Marianne about? Because she's very excited about her, her, her digital subscription. Yes. So I think what I would share with her is, you know, I love that he's involved. But I would say what we know is kids learn by the interaction with you. And so if he sits there, even if he's sitting on your lap and you may be looking over his shoulder, that's not engagement. And that at this point in his life, he needs to hear you read the story and he needs to, for you to interject comments. So you can use, you know, if she's got the subscription, she may not want to get rid of it, but help her, guide her on how to use this so that um, she can elaborate and scaffold that information for him. And I would also suggest that, you know, maybe take the ones that don't have all the bells and whistles. If you go, you know, if you get your elaborate, if you have your subscription, try to find the ones that are less enhanced because that's distracting. And sort of model it for her maybe. Sit with her and say, this is how you might want to interact. And in the future, maybe grandma was right. We won't go there. <laughs> As a grandma, I love saying that. Well, thank you, Susan. Really important information, and it, it is uh, fascinating about how a digital tool with our children alters parenting. Yes, thank you. This was, this was a very interesting study, and, and I think really timely. Practice pointer. Remember to ask parents of toddlers how they interact with their child, especially around reading. Promoting reading is very important, but it appears that using print books and a fair amount of patient engagement by the parent is the key to child development success. Join us next time when we talk about the management of chronic pain and the use of gabapentinoids and its lack of efficacy. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.